Hey hustlers, welcome to the Hustle Show audio experience. Real, no filter conversations with successful entrepreneurs where we go over the harsh truth nobody told you about being an entrepreneur. And now, your host, Christian Ariola. Hey hustlers, Christian here with the with the Hustle Show. Thank you so very much for tuning in today to another episode. Um, this is episode number 37, and I'm thrilled and, and very pumped to share another uh, hustling success story with you. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm specifically um, excited for this one because the gentleman that we're going to have today has quite a fascinating story. Um, you know, he's been in business and, and started his, his tax services company over a decade ago, and he built it from the ground up. So, you know, he's definitely the self-made, you know, go-getter person. And, and I'm thrilled to have him here. You know, now he has become the uh, tax, tax reform expert and he has offices all over the country and he's doing tremendously well. And, but, you know, like everybody else, I'm sure he has the, the, the struggles and the stories that he's going to share with us today. So, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm ready to hear those. And remember that all the show notes for today's episode, you can find them at the hassle show that goes slash THS37. And you'll be able to connect with Julio today on our show notes. And without further ado, let's jump in the call with Julio Gonzalez, who's going to be sharing with us his story and, and you know, what's behind the tremendous success that he has. Welcome, Julio. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to hear, you know, what it took to get to where you are. I mean, you are the tax expert nowadays and you're all over the country, but it wasn't like that from day one. So first of all, how did you get involved into all the tax craziness? That's a really good question. I wonder how I did that coming from Miami and uh, growing up in a traditional Hispanic household, you know, four bedrooms, 18, you know, people. And uh, I guess I just had a chance to go to college. You know, I was the first one to go to college. And I think that ultimately I like math and I figured, well, if I like math, maybe it'll translate into accounting. And I kind of started that. <laughs> That's great, man. So you went, you went for college, you graduated. And did you get a job? First of all, did you begin in a corporate job or, or how did you start your career? Yeah, my first job was in accounting and I got to work with a Fortune 500 firm. It was through a Hispanic uh, minority program called En-ROADS. And basically En-ROADS was a program to help minorities get meaningful internships. And so if you were under a certain income level and uh, you had a certain grade point average and you worked hard, En-ROADS would help minorities across the country have meaningful internships while they were in college. And so, you know, I was able to use that program to uh, have a meaningful career while going through school. And then, you know, that obviously allowed me a head start for graduation to get into corporate America and stay with the company and, and really start to work at a, you know, high level um, right out of school. So what would so so you started your your job you started doing corporate accounting and and it seemed that that was a, you know it was it was going to be a success path for you to keep going on that route so what made you change gears towards entrepreneurship and towards opening your own firm I think it was you know a host of reasons I guess primarily it was the fact that ultimately I just felt like I was a number in the uh corporate world, 
I felt that although I felt that I was a good performer, I felt that didn't materialize into anything meaningful. And I figured that there had to be a, a way to better enjoy life and not be a number and not be part of a big company where you don't have any true relationships or any true opportunity to uh, rise and, you know, create fortunes and, and, you know, create the best opportunities for yourself. So, you know, that at some point I decided just to start my own company and uh, see what I could do on my own. That's awesome. And, and, you know, it's quite the fascinating story because even I went to the corporate, you know, I was climbing the corporate ladder, but there was something missing. And, and, and that gut feeling that, you know, it's there and you want to try it out. And, you know, the worst thing that can happen is just go back to corporate America. So, but when you were, when you were thinking about opening your firm, did you ever have doubts that you could actually uh, build a company and actually survive on your own? Well, you know, I told my wife at the time we had, uh, $20,000 in savings. I told her that should last us six months. And if I can make it happen in six months, I'd be super uh, appreciative. And if it didn't work out, I'd go back to the work workforce and uh, go back to corporate America. And fortunately, you know, that six months was tough. Uh, it really came down to the wire. I wasn't, you know, producing, but ultimately I got lucky. I, I got someone to believe in me and do business with me. And uh, fortunately that allowed me to su survive another month. And within that month, you know, a couple more opportunities. And uh, here we are a hundred employees later, 15 years later. Um, so it was luck, you know, it was hard work. You know, it was that uh, desperation as well that I didn't want to go back to corporate America. And uh, I feel so fortunate that I just hung in and uh, it worked out. Right. And, and you use a, a very key word there, desperation. And I think that, you know, as entrepreneurs, every time that we want to make things happen, a lot of the time we actually put ourselves under, you know, the gun on our head and, and we, we are down to wire and we make things happen. So I'm very proud of what, what you did. But what was going on in your mind? I know, I know it was tough to get the first few clients. Definitely the, the first three are the most difficult to get. Yeah. So what was going on in your mind? Like, were you stressed? Were you, were you happy with what was going on? Or would you just couldn't think to figure it out? So what were you thinking back then? You know, I was just thinking that if I could just get one client, you know, that would buy me a month. And if I could get another one, it would buy me another month. And, uh, you know, I just did what I could. I emailed everyone. I called everyone. I did a hundred calls a day probably more than that in emails, went to every, you know, event that I could go to. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, like I said, a struggle because nothing was working the first five months. The savings was, you know, going down. And the uh, reality of having to go back to the workforce was staring me in the face. And, you know, I guess that and, uh, you know, made me work even harder. And ultimately that hard work paid off into a client, but I was thinking I got to survive. I got to just uh, get by and, and maybe, you know, I work at night at a grocery store doing something, gas station, whatever it was to kind of keep it going so that ultimately it could uh, work out. That's awesome. And, 
And when, when, when you were going through this and you started getting your first few clients, uh, you know, six months into it, how were the next six months after that? Once you got the first few clients in and once you got some cash to survive for a few months, what happened for the next six months that you actually started, you know, operating in a, uh, you know, bringing in revenue and having customers? Yeah, the next six months I brought in a million dollars. So wow. I went from, you know, 20,000 in savings almost down to nothing. And then finally that first client and then the second client. And then over the next six months, I made my first million dollars and uh, never looked back from there. But it was uh, an exciting time. I was doing all of it myself, selling it, doing the work, invoicing, handling advertising, going to events. And uh, eventually I got to add one person, you know, to help me out. And then that, you know, and that was a family member. Uh, of course. And then, you know, I got to go to the second family member and then all of a sudden we were growing and getting a bigger office and moving out of the garage and actually going to a building and all those things that you remember and, uh, you know, make you feel so humble and appreciative of the path. Oh, absolutely. So if you were to, if you were to talk to, um, you know, your younger self back in the day when, when you were hustling and, and, and trying to figure out things, what would you say to yourself to have achieved that million dollars a little earlier and not take, uh, you know, six months for the first client to come in? What would you say to yourself, to your younger self? Yeah, I would basically say that, you know, now I think, you know, I would take advantage much more of technology, the internet, the resources available that, you know, I wasn't well aware of. And, and maybe, you know, weren't quite available back then and use those to help springboard the uh, opportunity to grow much quicker and use, you know, resources like social media and things of that nature to help, uh, you know, expedite the growth. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, we live in a, in a golden era right now where everything can be automated and, and you are, uh, you know, a few clicks away from everybody just like you and I are right now you're in Florida I'm in Texas but you know we just jump in the call and 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 probably this wasn't around 15 years ago like we didn't have the, even the internet to do things like this then sounds like it was more towards the you know face-to-face -face networking and and or what exactly did you think was the, the the secret to how you were able to do that million dollars so fast in the in the second six months of your business? Yeah, it was old school. It was really the phones, um, you know, pounding the phones, going to local events, you know, not really the access to the internet like it was today and, uh, or technology. So it was a little bit more old school, but uh, it certainly makes me appreciate today and technology and how we use it in business. That's awesome. And I'm, and, and I'm sure once you started getting the first few clients, you know, you knew you were onto something, right? You, you knew you were, you were on the right path, but during those first six months that were tough and you were trying to figure out things, did you ever feel like quitting that maybe you were not born to, you know, create a business for your own, or maybe you thought that it was impossible or did you ever just, you know, thought it was too hard? I had those thoughts every day. You know, and uh, I think that, you know, as an owner coming from that, you still have those thoughts even 
as you get to uh, our size. You know, you always uh, worry about business. You always worry about payroll. Um, you know, it's much easier today than it was back then, but you always know what, you know, going back to, you know, the uh, start is like. And then, so I think it always kind of stays with you. Um, but, you know, it also inspires you and, you know, keeps you uh, humble and makes you uh, continue to work hard. And looking back in time through the, you know, through all the struggles that you had to go through to figure things out, what do you think was the hardest entrepreneurial moment that you went through that it was, it, it felt like almost impossible. You felt a lot, you kind of didn't know what was going on. What would that moment look like for you? I think the hardest moment was, you know, when I grew, I uh, brought on partners to help me grow the company even more and, uh, you know, realized that I had given up a part of the company, a part of myself, and that that wasn't really, uh, um, you know, the uh, the benefits weren't both ways. So I had started something, I'd worked hard, and then I needed, you know, capital. So I looked to outside partners who I felt ultimately didn't appreciate the hard work and were taking advantage of the inroads I had created and, um, and all, and, and unfortunately, you know, I created a bad partnership agreement. So I had to work through detangling that and getting my company back a hundred percent and realizing that I gave something up for nothing and got nothing and, uh, spent a lot of money and time trying to, you know, have that divorce. Um, so, you know, you learn a lot, right? You come from not ever owning a company to growing and then having these heartaches and hardships and, you know, learning from uh, hard knocks. And uh, so I, I realized that, you know, if you take partners on, which today I don't have any partners, but if you do, you know, there's a lot that comes with it. And uh, you have to be very careful when you've created something great and, people take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, we've had this conversation in other episodes where, you know, sometimes it's hard for, you know, to get capital, but you got to really try not to give any equity because you're basically, when you're hustling or you're the, you know, working so hard to build it up, it's like your little baby. So it's like selling a piece of your baby and, and that definitely gets tough down the road. Yeah, I wish I would have watched those shows, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> was that, was that, I don't know, I don't know when was, did that started, but was that around when you started with your company? Any shows? Yeah, it? yeah, it was a long time ago. And uh, again, it was unfortunate because, you know, you give up some equity and you don't get back that participation. You think it's going to help you grow and it actually becomes a distraction. And, uh, so it's, uh, you know, it sounds like it's something that's addressed on your show all the time. And, uh, you know, hopefully for the people out there that are listening and watching that they really, uh, you know, take that advice with, uh, great concern because it, it can, uh, really be uh, detrimental if it's not done rightly. You know, it's just like any marriage, right? It's great until it's not great. And uh, so, you know, thinking that through up front is really important. 
Right, right. And, and, you know, appreciate you sharing that with everybody, because I think sometimes we get blinded by, you know, it's so focused on trying to get capital that sometimes we forget that equity is much more important than the, the you know, the capital that you can raise. So what, what would you recommend if, if somebody is struggling, you know, trying to figure it out how to raise some capital without giving equity? What would you, you know, some tips that you would recommend for everybody that is listening right now? Yeah, I would recommend, you know, one, you know, now there's so many opportunities for grants and, you know, different credits out there. And there's a, a great sea of, you know, grants and funds available to entrepreneurs, to startups without having to give away the company. There's a lot of uh, resources. And I think that if you go through those, you can, you know, raise money without giving up your company and sometimes, you know, getting a lot of great advice as well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. agree. So it looks like you've come a long way, you know, you've had your struggles and your ups and downs building your company. You've, you've also hit tremendous success, of course, with your huge, you know, and enterprise now, but I want to hear, what do you think is your secret to the success that you had that got you to where you are right now? What's that one thing that you think made you through the other side of the fence? I think that it's comes down to having great employees and, uh, and treating them great. And, you know, I think that is by far the most important key ingredient in growth and long-term prosperous uh, business is having the absolute best employees and absolutely treating them the best to the best of your abilities. And, and I, I, you know, I agree with you, but I actually want to, you know, bring this up because, you know, the reason why you and I connected was because one of your team members actually reached out and, and she was talking really well about you. So I knew that when, when you do that for your, you know, for your leader is because you have a good leader. So, you know, for me, that was like, yeah, I think, I think we need to do this interview because, um, you know, she's talking really well about her leader and, and, you know, it really gives me the example that you're doing it right. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, it really comes down to, you know, being there for them and them being there for you. And you have to do that through that love and appreciation. That's awesome, man. So I, I know, I know we talked about this, you know, sometimes it's, it gets tough down the, down the road and sometimes you go through the ups and downs and all the craziness about entrepreneurship. And it's, it's, it's hard to not lose hope and not lose motivation, but what is your vision? What's driving you to keep pushing and to keep going? What is that uh, version of yourself look like for you? Yeah, I think, you know, what continues to drive me is, the uh, responsibilities I have for, you know, my employees, the uh, great satisfaction I have from seeing everyone grow together as a family and the people that we continue to uh, serve as clients and the, uh, the benefits we're delivering to them. And, you know, the ultimate, you know, this year working on tax reform, um, having trips and visits to the White House, meeting with everyone in the White House and, Congress and Senate and having a say in tax reform, you know, those are great things that we get to do. And, uh, you know, it's uh, very humbling and uh, it's great to know that not only can we help our clients and grow our employees, but help the country uh, through this uh, tax reform. 
That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a great vision, by the way. You know, it's a great, great why. And I'm, I'm happy that you have it very clear because that's really, you know, it helps you to keep pushing once you know what you want to achieve. Um, it's no longer make more money. It's actually make something better. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I want to change gears a little bit from talking about your story to what I like to call the hustle round, where we're going to play this little word game. Um, I'm basically going to give a word at you and very common words. You're going to be very familiar with them. And basically you're going to say out loud the first word that comes to mind and, you know, feel free to say anything that comes to mind. Um, uh, there's no, there's no, this, this is not live, so it can definitely be edited. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. Hustle. Me. Work. Hard. Employee. Love. Boss. To be the best you can be. Rules. Um, not as important as appreciation. College. Important, but not the uh, true path to success. Fear. Losing it all. Weakness. Not being the best. Strengths. Uh, hard work ethic. Motivation. Family. And last but not least, books. Yeah, great sources of education that I rely on. Awesome. You did great, man. <laughs> so, um, you know, before we get going here, I want to, you know, leave the hustlers that are listening to us right now with some inspiration from, from the lessons that you have through your success. You know, if you can share a hustling quote or some motivational words to inspire them to keep going and to keep pushing, even when it gets tough, um, you know, maybe they're on the fence of, of quitting their job and go entrepreneurship full time, or maybe they already have a business, but we're, they're not at the point where they want to be. What would you say to them to inspire them to keep pushing and to keep hustling? You know, ultimately, you know, being the leader of uh, people and leading them to success is the, uh, you know, the best payoff, you know, that I've found in life. And so, you know, I would inspire them to continue to strive for those goals and the rewards will, you know, be better than the money in terms of, you know, what the money does for you in terms of charities and you know, the people that you help along the way. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So um, I just want to leave, you know, a few seconds so that what if, if people want to, uh, you know, work with you, connect with you, or they just want to find out more about what you're doing, how can they connect with you and how, how can they do so? Where can they go? Yeah, the, uh, please come to our website. It's engineeredtaxservices.com. And please reach out to me anytime at jgonzalez at engineeredtaxservices.com. You know, whether it's a question about entrepreneurship, about business, about culture, about family about DC. Uh, I'm here to help and I'd love to uh, give back. That's awesome. And I'll make sure that I link all this in the show notes at the hustle show that co slash 
THS37. And, you know, I, I really want to thank you so much for, for having, you know, taking the, the, this time off your day. I know you're super busy, uh, but it means a lot to me to be, the, uh, you know, have the opportunity to share your story and share, you know, some of the struggles that you went through to show people and, and to bust the overnight myth. You know, it takes, it takes some time. It takes some hard work to do it. So I really appreciate it and, you know, wish you nothing but success moving forward. I know there's, there's big things coming to you as well. Likewise to you as well. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Hustle Show audio experience. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And even if you didn't, make sure you subscribe to the podcast right now. It's still free. Visit thehustleshow.co for all the show notes and to watch the video experience of this episode. We'll see you soon.